Welcome to the Post Victory Formation Podcast. Tune in every Wednesday to hear us talk about this week's top NFL news in our games of the week. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Post Victory Formation Podcast. You got Mike and Kyle here, and uh, we're going to be going through some of the news and notes of this week in the NFL season. So, Mike, what are we leading off with? Mr. Carson Wentz, we're going to start with our thoughts on him, what's going on in the league with him, and then we're going to roll into some Giants conversation. But with us starting with Carson Wentz, he just recently got released from the Washington Commanders. Extremely mediocre season. Kyle, I think he's hanging up the cleats. I don't think he's hanging up the cleats, but I think he's done as a day one starter in the NFL. You look at, he's been on three teams in three years now. His tenure with the Colts ended in about the worst way possible, like just needing to win a basic game against the lowly Jags at the time. Couldn't get it done. He goes out. The commanders are the only team interested in him last offseason. He goes out, again, mediocre season, gets benched. Did Remind me, Mike, did he get benched by Heineke or did he get injured and Heineke stepped in? I don't recall. He got So he got injured, Heineke stepped in, Wentz was healthy, and they kept giving Heineke the start. That's right. Until he so, started bumming up and then Wentz came back in. That's right. So what happened, yeah. And I remember this because as a Lions fan, I was keeping tabs on Washington because they were one. They had one of the wild card spots in front of us. And when I heard that Carson Wentz was going to become the starter again, I believe it was in their Week 17 game. I instantly felt better as a Lions fan. I was like, "Well, that's a that's a loss." You know, I I felt I felt worse about the Commanders starting Tyler Heineke than I did or Taylor Heineke than I did Carson Wentz. And I think. Of me just being an average fan that likes football, I think the league kind of shares that sentiment as I did. Like, oh, well, what's what's Washington doing rolling out Carson once again in a playoff push? And, of course, they go out. He throws, I believe, three interceptions, at least two, maybe three. And you're right on the money with three, by the way. But it was three care. interceptions? Okay. Yes, sir. So, yeah, I just... And now it's one year in Washington and he's done. It was one year in India and he's done. Mike, he's he's not retiring. I think he's too young. I think he still, he still has value as a backup. But a day one starter, absolutely not. Are we thinking Gardner Minshew caliber backup or Ryan Fitzpatrick backup here? Well... Carson's got a larger body of work and he's had sustained success where everybody likes Gardner Minshew. I like Gardner Minshew, but the results just aren't there for Gardner. He had a couple hot games and then fizzled out where Carson, especially with his time in the Eagles early on, he was really, you know, there were some talks of uh, him being an MVP candidate. He's taken him to the playoffs before. Yeah, before his injury with the Eagles on that uh, Nick Foles Super Bowl run. So, honestly, I'd probably take him above Minshew or Ryan Fitzpatrick, comparing them to the level of backup quarterback. But 
he's just not a guy that you can count in game in and game out for an entire season to get you where you want to go. So you're talking, you know what he is, Mike? Hold on, not to interrupt. You know, he's a he's Andy Dalton. He's Andy. No, he's Andy Dalton in my mind. So, are you gonna take a David Mills or a Trask, which is the possible Davis Mills? I'm sorry, or Trask, which is the possible new starter for the Buccaneers? Are you gonna take them over Carson Wentz? Because this would be the same scenario of what kind of happened with. The Washington Commanders. I'm yeah, they grabbed. Like, yeah, Wentz going. I don't. <sighs> Are you going to take these guys? Are you saying that there's 32 better starting quarterbacks than Carson Wentz? I don't think so. But the problem is, it's how teams want to prioritize their roster. So if they, I think the money that Carson's going to be looking for, he's going to be higher end paid backup but he's going to be he's going to be sitting behind somebody that's getting paid more than him regardless of if that player is more skilled or not i'll give let me give you an example let's say that for giggles he ends up signing a deal with the patriots so you got mac jones on his rookie deal still getting some a a nice paycheck each game and you got carson wentz Carson's going to get paid less than Mac, but I would argue they're probably about the same level of quarterback, at least what we've seen out of Mac Jones this year or so far in his career. Now, this past season with Patricia's as OC, maybe, you know, maybe that stunted his growth a bit, but it's just an example. So I don't think that there are 31 better quarterbacks out there than Carson Wentz. But I just don't see a way a team is going to manipulate their roster to make him the number one QB on the team. Kyle, I don't know if you got the fucking gears going in my noodle or if it's the 99s. No product. (laughs) It's so crazy that you brought up the Patriots because I could see something like this happening. Mac Jones hasn't been having the craziest, you know, years. He's been doing just enough. Yeah, year two, year two did not treat him kindly. Could Bill Belichick possibly bring in someone like a Carson Wentz to have Mac Jones kind of like sit on the side, watch, but then balance a one and two QB with, you know, uh, Carson Wentz playing a couple of games, maybe Mac Jones watching, maybe forming, no, getting a little bit better no. coming in. Because the problem with that, Mike, if you're playing two quarterbacks, it means you don't have a it does it means you don't have a starter. So I, this is shifting the Patriots talk, but I could see someone like Bill Belichick, or you could take any other experienced coach in the league that might be playing a younger QB. You want to have that adult in the room to kind of guide guide the quarterback along. And so I could see Carson going to a team. With a young quarterback, like the Panthers, they, whether they draft, whether the team drafts a quarterback, or they have a young a quarterback that's still in their rookie deal, and Carson transition into that into that uh, mentoring role, or he goes to one of these teams that have a early first round pick, like the Panthers, like the Texans, and they draft a quarterback in the first round. 
and they'll roll out Carson Wentz to play as a starter. Play for your spot. Well, yeah. So what'll happen is they'll play Carson Wentz, and then once they hit their bye week and they're one and six, one and seven, then they're going to roll out their rookie QB. That's that's this kind of situation that Carson's going to end up in. Kyle, I want to put you on the spot here really quick too. Carson Wentz talk. You think he's staying with the league? Oh, hot as in? Do you think? Do you do I think he goes to one of these secondary leagues like the hot? UFL or the XFL? No, no, we're gonna park that for a little bit. We're not talking about AJ right yet. But what team does he end up on? I need your thoughts on it, and you're gonna peg a team right now. Oh, Mike. All right, I, I've got a team, and you're not gonna like it. Because he's going to replace your boy Colt McCoy, but I could see him going to the Cardinals for a year as a band aid since Kyler Murray's dead. Wild. I would not have thought that, but fuck, does that make sense? If Kyler does not come back for the little bit, I could see that rolling in. All right. You heard it here. That's the thoughts on Kyle. That's yeah. That Carson be, Wentz. That would be kind of my dark horse pick. I I could see it happening, but just we don't know how teams are going to draft. I don't think Carson's going to get picked up until after the draft, honestly. And it'll be one of the teams that draft early, um, and draft a QB or it's going to be like a Cam Newton thing. Yeah, or it'll be theirs on the Cardinals. That's my bet. Man, that's a wild team pick. I like that though. It works. I mean, he's gotten a four. He had a four-year, hundred twenty-eight million dollar contract. Guaranteed money was a hundred and seven thousand. I mean, hundred seven mil or hundred. Yeah, I'm sorry, hundred seven. Yeah, million. The Eagles gave him that. I think was in uh, 2019, right there during that season. And he's he's played his four years on that contract. The just took it to the chin with him. With a ba- base salary of $22 million. But dropping him did open up a little bit of cap space for the commanders. We're not going to get too much on this. Tune in later to hear more this subject. But uh, we're going to see what the commanders do with this open space that they've created by getting rid of Wentz and kind of where he goes. I'm going to be interested to see if they decide that they're, they're going to make Heineke their full-time tie this offseason. I would, but I'm a Heineke fanboy. Yeah, I, I think he's done enough that, like, hey, give him a full offseason knowing he's a starter. Toss him a little I, change. Yep, yep. Not a not a ridiculous deal, but just, you know, little something with a little meat on the bone. And, yeah, roll him out. Give him a full offseason knowing he's a starter. See what you come up with. See what the confidence level brings. I mean, Heineke's great. I loved him in the XFL. Came out after the one year. Comes there. Great backup. Yeah, and, and honestly, on him. Heineke, Heineke found a place in all of our hearts with that game against that wild card game against Tampa Bay a few years ago where he left it all out on the field. He balled out against the Buccaneers, and they came. I wanted to cry. So, yeah, it nobody will forget that running, diving, reaching touchdown. Getting smoked. Corner. Yeah, just being killed, still getting the tud. So, yeah, I'd like to see Heineke get a full offseason as the known number one starter and see how it and plays just, out. 
just as Heineke fanboys too, on top of the Carson Wentz, we're going to follow this a little bit. We're going to be paying attention to the wash matters and seeing really kind of what they do in this offseason because there's a lot, I, not a lot, a lot of, of drama around the commanders, right? Yes. With the owner and the quarterback situation, coaching, bringing their new offensive coach in, assistant coach. There's a whole bunch going on there. I feel like not a lot of people pay attention to them, but the post victory formation podcast is definitely going to be on top of this one. So we'll be breaking it down for everybody. Yeah. Leading. Go ahead, Kyle. I was going to, I just had a thought, you know, it's the off season. We can kind of stray from topics, but if the enemy was one of the driving forces behind Pat Mahomes, he's got some, he's got something to work with there with Heineke. Oh yeah. I'm a firm believer. That's an exciting prospect. I'm excited to watch this, you know, happen. All right, moving on. The Giants, staying in the NFC East, the New York football Giants. General Manager Joe Chang came out this week saying that he wanted to not use the franchise tag on Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, that he wanted to get a deal done. Mike, to me, this seems completely unfeasible. I think Joe would like that to happen, but I'd like to win the lottery. That's, you know, I, he's going to have to tag one of them. My guess is it's going to be Daniel Jones and he's going to let Saquon walk, but I want to know your thoughts. So let me quote this for everybody. Snake man. He was asked on re-signing them both or on re-signing both the big names and franchise tagging them. And he said, and I quote, I would love to have them both back. They work well with each other. Their entire careers in the NFL, they've been together. I do think they complement each other well. Well, we've had productivity and conversations with both of their representatives, and the goal is to hopefully be done. That hopefully word is out to peas all Giant fans. Yeah, that's... That's a key word right there. It doesn't seem feasible to me. No. And as an Aaron Rodgers fan, I'm tired of the word hopefully. And I see where that gets me. And I agree with you. I hate that I agree with you. I fucking hate agreeing with you. But I can't say that's not possible. It's not possible at all. Yeah, they're going They're going to sign... They're going to re-sign Daniel Jones. Probably They'll probably tag him and then work on a deal. I think there's going to be a team that's dumb enough to waive a very enticing offer, whether that be draft picks or another player or two. But somebody's going to want to go out and grab Saquon. Kyle, I got to pause you for a second. I just okay. got to pause you for a second. I got to give you some insight. What my next topic will be bringing up I have a feeling that you may be able to fall back on this. So we're going to give you a hint, but continue on the running back position. I was, say, gonna, on. I was just going to say, you've got, you see a lot of these teams, and I don't agree with this mentality, but it's, it's how it works. You see these teams that are quote unquote Super Bowl ready, and they'll make a big splash running back signing. Most recently, the 49ers with Christian McCaffrey. 
And I could see one of these teams that are that feel they're on the cusp of a Super Bowl run go out and say, you know, they'll take the Rams mentality and go F them picks and we'll throw two first rounders at you, New York, for Saquon. Is New York going to turn that down and say, no, we want to work a deal? Absolutely not. They're going to take the draft picks all day long. So, yeah, I agree that what this is, is the GM trying to appease the New York fans. But I agree. There's just no, there's not a feasible way that they're going to retain both of these guys. And honestly, you look at the players side by side just from a longevity standpoint. And yes, the running back position is more the players take more of a beating than the QB position, but Saquon's had a couple big injuries now and has missed a lot of time, whereas Daniel Jones has remained relatively healthy throughout his time as a giant, and just the tread on the tires tells you that Daniel Jones has got a lot more to give the New York Giants from a level of play standpoint than Saquon, in my opinion. Yeah, and we'll get into it more this offseason with uh, upcoming draft picks and everything, but th- there's a decent amount of running backs coming up that are going to be in the draft. Uh, first, to, first to third round, there's a good you know amount of running backs, and we all know if you guys watch any NFL or listen to our podcast, we've talked about it before. Um, you know, you can get a good back that, that definitely holds holds great. I mean, there's there, all the potentials out there, and watching what Brian did – uh, with the team this year, with the Giants, they're not no longer laughing stock. The whole yacht pitchers done and gone. You know, they were all stuck in the OBJ era, uh, and Eli Manning, and kind of seeing what he's done. You know, we're we're back into their. They got a whole different identity, and yep. I want to see what happens with this identity moving forward. Yep, you can say, especially with some of the games last year, you can say firmly that the New York Giants that is Daniel Jones' team. And I wouldn't have believed it if you told me this last year. Oh, the season. I agree. I Daniel Jones was looking like a bust, and he really turned things around. And I think that go, that's credit to Brian Dable and the job he's done in his first year there. Well, we're going to roll on to the next topic after this. Mr. Leonard Fournette and the imploding Buccaneers. Um... A team's going to pick up Leonard Fournette. I wouldn't have if if I were Leonard, two million dollar fully guaranteed left on his contract. Another two million if he would have hit the fully guaranteed. If he would have made it to March nineteenth, he's been producing somehow on the Buccaneers. A little rough this year, uh, or, or last year. I'm sorry, the 2022 season. Uh, did great the 2021 season. He's juiced up his batteries in his wheelchair. Could you see a team picking up him, kind of doing the, you know, having a good backup for like Mark Egram to Alvin, um, helping out another running back? Or yeah. do you think he's going to continue being a starter? I think he'll be, like you said, that was a great analogy, a Mark Ingram type back to Alvin Kamara. And what's good about that is he, he took two mil to play for the Bucks. And granted, that was a team that had that was laced with all stars. And now he's going to be going out. There's not another team really out there that's looking for a running back that would have that same roster situation. But and the yeah, Giants if, don't. If, 
if Lenny, if Lenny's willing to take another two million, three million dollar contract, yeah, it signs. That's he could go almost anywhere. And if yeah, have him be your number two guy. Maybe you've got a finesse back and you want a power back. He'd be a, he'd be as good as anybody to grab. So great red zone running back. Yeah, his his time in the league is not done. I think now he knows he's at the point in his career where he's not going to get that big money deal, especially with his, uh, you know, his lack of production last year. He's only 689 yards, but still three and a half yards carry. He did have to get his batteries recharged on that mobility scooter, but I think there's enough tread on the mobility scooter's tires where he'll, uh, he'll land another home somewhere. I don't know why this popped into my head, Mike. You know what would be a good spot for Len Fournette? I'd love and this to might this. be kind of hot takey, but I could see it. I could see it going with this identity. And you and I wouldn't be happy about this. What if you have Fournette behind David Montgomery in Chicago? Oh, with a drop him drop Khalil Herbert. Yeah. Because of his injuries and bringing in Leonard Fournette. He's only 28 years old. And the only reason I'd like to think that you do as well as much as me, because we fucking agree a lot. Even though, yeah. I think, as much as I love you, Kyle. <laughs> um, His time down there in South Florida, I think, did a number on him. I mean, going to the Buccaneers at I think, 25, 26 years old. Going to the Buccaneers at, at that young and us all kind of thinking like, man, his time's been done. He's put his work out. Like, he's slowing down because he had a terrible last season with Jacksonville. Yeah, he yeah, it seemed like he flamed out fast. But I'd argue... And then to get resurrected. Yeah, he revitalized his career in Tampa Bay. So now can we see him producing numbers to where somebody could be like, oh, we can sign him to a two to a four year, a four year, extremely stretching it, but a two to a four year, mild, modest contract that'll put him right there. You know, you have a one A and maybe a one B spot where we said like a lot of uh, been getting to Green Bay Packers and the Lions just because those are our two favorite teams. I mean, we have a huge AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, and Swift and Jamal Williams, both get the carries, both get the rushing yards, and both get, you know, a decent amount of touchdowns when available. Yeah. Could we see Fournette maybe filling up, maybe even going a little higher than a Mark Ingram into that spot of maybe a, uh, just as a, as your DeAndre Swift or an AJ Dillon workhorse to touchdowns. And, you know, once you hit that 20 yard line. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's where his value is. I don't think he's going to get a deal based off of his numbers because his numbers, his numbers aren't going to be starting starting running back level numbers. Yeah, I not think, the best I rushing think, numbers. Yeah, I think as just a pure power back, a number two back behind your finesse running back that gets big chunks of yardage. I think Burnett would be a great addition. Um, um, help me out here. Who's uh, D- uh, Pierce for the Houston Texans? I yeah. think he would be a great because he's caught uh, Leonard Fournette last year had 73 catches for 523 yards. He can prove he can catch the ball, he can punch it in, 
Pierce is your finesse running back, and maybe he would fit in a good spot like that. Yeah, that's that's another option. He's got places he can go. I think I think there'll be a good market for Fournette. Yeah, like I said, kind of revitalized his career in Tampa Bay. Seems willing to take a team-friendly deal. I guess, you know, depend on location too. Maybe some places will have to pay a little more than others, just based strictly on location. But I think I think from a roster standpoint that he adds value. And if you can pick him up for two, three mil, yeah, kick the tires on him and roll him out there, see what you get. So we're going to end that conversation. And Kyle, I just had another one hit my head. Two of them rolled together in the same topic, and then I have another one that I think you have a will have a strong opinion on. All right. Hitting you with the rando here. Duke Tomvin came out, the owner of the Bengals, and we're both big Joey franchise fans here. Yes, sir. He said, and I quote for Joe Mixon, Joe has been a vital part of our team. And I'm not going to predict this offseason because I don't have the answers. In the words of the great Calvin Moore, I don't know. But when asked about T. Higgins, he does not want to get rid of him. He said, T. Higgins is off the table. What are your thoughts of him being able to say, I don't have an answer for Joe? But T. Higgins, which is you know, almost onto the table this year. This He's a free agent. There's teams that need wide receivers, as in the Giants releasing Kenny Galladay. But they can't see that with Joe Mixon. Are they going to go off of P. Ryan's performance? Or are they going to be picking up another person? And do you see them keeping T. Higgins? Or do you think they're going to use Joe Mixon's capital to bring him back? That is, yeah, I was not prepared for that one. Then I just, I, I pulled up the article. I see this is late breaking. If it were me and I had a choice between I can bring back T. Higgins or I can bring back Joe Mixon, Mike, who do you think I'm going to pick? Based on, I think you're going to pick. Based on prior arguments. Age, non-injury, you're going to bring back T. Higgins to perform at the consistency that he has been. That's exactly right. You've been paying attention. The running back, and we've talked about this with Saquon, and we're talking about this with Leonard Fournette. The way the NFL treats these running backs now, they're almost a consumable item. Mixon's been around for a while now. In this league, I am not a believer in paying running backs big-time deals because running backs are prone to injury. There's running backs coming out of the draft every year, and you always see running backs step in and have explosive rookie years. Take this year, it was Kenneth Walker, for example, and then you had Brees Hall for the Jets. So you can go out and draft a running back that's equally productive as any you know veteran running back out there. It sounds like to me that Duke is is kind of saying, "Hey, you know," and it's self awareness too. And in the in the Bengals now have seen the Super Bowl. They know what it takes to get there. They know they know the roster allocations of all the teams and how they spend. 
And I think they're just kind of joining the trend like, hey, you know, Joe's been our guy. We've paid him his money. But the league's trending away from paying a running back big money. And I think from a value standpoint and a longevity standpoint that T. Higgins is the better player to try to retain. And that's why I brought up before here, I had to toss in a little hint. This could be a Saquon Barkley, Joe Mixon swap up or a Leonard Fournette comes into the Bengals, either starts or is a good backup yeah, behind I would behind Fournette Ryan. to go to the Bengals. He Ryan's the bruiser back. You don't need two bruiser backs. But would you get a Saquon? Well, or are you going to hit free agency? Let's, let's take a step back here, Mike, and look. Let's yeah, take a look at free agency. Look at the running backs that we know Stacked. are good, Stacked. but nobody wants to pay them. You got Josh Jacobs, you got Saquon, you got potentially Joe Mixon, you got Leonard Fournette, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott. Maybe I mean, there's the league goes on forever. Yeah, the league is changing, and it's becoming more of a spread them out, throw the ball, catch the ball out of the backfield league, and these. These call the quote unquote pure running backs where, yeah, they can catch out of the backfield, but you're, you know, them more as pure, you know, run up the middle for four yards type guys. That kind of game seems to be disappearing and you're seeing more of these big names out on the market. And, you know, like look at Le'Veon Bell from a few years ago. He was kind of the the first one that bet on himself as a running back, and he lost. Which and now did I think these, not pay off. I think these other running backs are gonna kind of have to look in the mirror and be like, "Hey, you know, I I got to take less money if I want to keep a job in this league." So, yeah, there's gonna be some running back roulette, but I can see why the Bengals would be more apt to try to go after. Uh, re-signing T. Higgins versus keeping Joe Mixon around. Kyle, we have a big Ohio fan base. Um, so I'm going to hit you with one question here, and I want a solid answer. Do the Bengals continue forward with Joe Mixon? I don't know his salary or his contract situation offhand. It looks like he is he's due 12.8. 12.8 mil against the salary cap this season. And, and they could release. Yep. Cutting or trading him before June 1st would incur dead money hit a 5.5 mil. But they got, and they got 35 mil in salary cap space. So that being said, I am going to say, yeah, they'll drop him. Joe Mixon's getting dropped. Yep. You I heard it here first. I'll post victory for me. With that, I mean, the GM didn't say much, but he said enough that they want, you know, with certainty saying T. Higgins is off the table and I don't know about the future about Joe Mixon. Kind of tells you all you need to know, huh, Mike? Yep. I think Joe Mixon, as great as he is, will be finding himself a new home for the start of the 2023 season. Now, let me say this. I could see him being a draft day trade to get the Bengals up the board a little bit. That is a hot take. That is a hot take. And I could see that a little bit too, but I think it's going to happen a little bit before then. But someone that we could possibly see there, the Cowboys 
ahead of the 2021 season did a restructure contract for Ezekiel Elliott. He has not re-signed anything since. He's still under the same contract. Tony Pollard is now a free agent. Cowboys get their head out of their ass and sign Tony Pollard and release Ezekiel Elliott? No. No. Do no. do they keep them as a one-two punch? No. Nope. Or does Tony Pollard find a new home? Pollard's gone because Jerry Jones is an idiot. And he's obsessed with Ezekiel. And I don't, I don't understand it. Tony Pollard can come play for my squad anytime, but he has never gotten the respect that he deserves in Dallas. And if I'm him, why would I want to stay? Like what the team has shown him no loyalty. He's outproduced Ezekiel. And yet Ezekiel keeps getting the starting role and yeah, he's gone. And, and for the fans that don't believe us to type in Ezekiel Elliott's performance rushing yards over his year, literally every single year it drops. Yeah, his rookie year was his most productive year, if I remember correctly. Yes, and it is a consistent drop down. And you have a Tony Pollard in there grinding like, I'm going to take the spot. Tony Pollard leaves the Cowboys, goes to a decent team, top five running back next year. Yeah, I yeah, I could see it. I, he's not going to continue to bang his head against the wall in Dallas, and that's what he's doing. So, for better or worse, whatever reason, Jerry Jones has just pure devotion to Ezekiel Elliott, and I see Zeke sticking around, and Tony Pollard will be out the door, and then maybe Jerry will get a little dose of reality. If you go to Jerry... Jones house to have dinner, you're guaranteed a four-year contract. That's how I feel. Dak Prescott, he's not the answer for the money you're paying. Ezekiel Elliott, he's not the answer your money to pay. Or he's not the answer for what you know how much money you're giving him. But you're gonna go into almost before the uh, trade deadline and say C D Lamb is up. If someone wants to give him a crazy offer, what are you doing? Why are you throwing that up as an option? Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's almost as if Jerry wants to play like it's 1990s football where we're, we're just going to run it and not have any receivers. But then That's again, not it's, it it's Dallas. There's a reason they have... Or one playoff win in the last 25 years. Yeah, one. Yeah, I remember that one. I don't need to, And that... We don't need to go back <laughs> to that one. And like, uh, Zeke's 2022 cap number, uh, it increased by $1.72 million coming in the 22 season to $18.2 million. Uh, if the Cowboys move on from Elliott, it would still cost them eleven point eight six million in dead money. Yeah, they're not but going they would, to. But they're, they would still make about a seven. They would still make about seven million off of that. They're not going to. I mean, Jerry Jones might as well adopt him as his son as, as his son at this point. He's not going anywhere, Mike. You can take that article or wherever you're reading those numbers and just throw it out the window. He's staying. He, if he wants to, if Zeke wants to, he will be a lifer at the Cowboys. Mark my words. 
Are we talking a 46-year-old lifer like Tom Brady? I, has, however long he wants to play is how long Jerry's going to keep rolling him out there. I I want to understand it more, but I think a lot of our topics are going to start unfolding here in the next coming weeks. So with that being said, we're going to be ending this Wednesday's episode of the Post-Victory Formation Podcast. Kyle, close it out. Yeah, guys, thanks for listening in. Like I said, we'll keep touching on these on these off-season topics, and we might ramble a little bit, but you know what? It's the off-season. We don't have anything hard and fast to talk about, so uh, we'll just kind of let it roll and, you know, have some good conversation like we did today. Prepping for this episode, who would have thought we'd have talked about Leonard Fournette's The Bears? Not me. So, with that being said, post-Victory Formation podcast on all the major social media outlets. Give us a like, follow, subscribe, whatever, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.